Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hope everybody's paying attention today because we have someone calling in from England. And her name is Carrie Ward. And she is a tarot car reader. She is a writer for the cosmopolitan magazine yeah welcome to the show thank you very much for having me i'm excited so i was looking at your stuff you're very matter of fact and what do you think about sensory and something we kind of touched on before we came on here and and where does your sensory come from in this space I honestly think, as I I was saying to you, I'm a bit of a dead battery. I don't feel magic. I don't feel that I have any (laughs) psychic or ESP powers whatsoever. And I'm very envious of those that do. What I do enjoy doing is writing and pictures and storytelling. And I think that's what drew me to tarot. But when I'm doing readings for people, it doesn't feel like I'm tapping into anything outside of myself or anything above and beyond what anyone else can do. And I think that is why I bring such a matter of fact approach to it. I don't think it's particularly special or supernatural. And I just want it to be accessible. I want all those sort of esoteric tools that people feel a bit intimidated by to just be accessible to people as life tools and take away some of the woo-woo around it, if you like. That's my approach, my philosophy. And you don't think you're on the inside looking out? Because I've heard a lot of tarot card readers and they don't really read like you read. You know, sometimes they're hard to understand. So when I say looking on the inside out, maybe you're the on the interior of this thing and they don't want you to feel anything. Maybe you not. Maybe I'm just a conduit. Maybe that's true. I do lean on the cards. I don't kind of look at people or converse with people over email and have kind of like visions about them or anything like that. It is very much a transaction, a matter of fact thing. I need to know what their questions are. And then I'd use the cards as the jumping off point. I'd be a bit lost without them, really. They're kind of my storytelling lens and tools to build up a reading for someone. But I do try and keep it simple and straightforward and not too flowery because it goes in one ear and out the other anyway. So you just got to try and land your key points. I'm very basic, John. Very basic. Well, the only reason I say that is I've been the type of person in my life and I've, I've started thinking about fear, you know, and dark energy. And I think fear and dark energy energy is very, very weak. And it's only powerful if, if you give it power. Yeah. And the reason I say that you may be on the inside looking out is like, even though I have very, very high sensory and I can feel the room, I can feel if there's energy in the room, no entities will show themselves to me. So I feel like there's a position there that could limit some of the pieces within that esoteric realm. Does that make sense? Oh, blimey. I think you're a bit clever for me. <laughs> You can't communicate with entities and you feel that limits your access or experience of the esoteric realm? No, what I'm saying is I can communicate yeah. energy. I can feel energy. I can communicate. I can move energy out of the house. I can get dark energy out of the house. Yes. I can do things like that. They will run from me. But what yeah. I'm saying is I think because I give it no, I give fear no value. I think there's something innately in me that they won't show themselves to me. Yeah, they can't feed on you. 
Yeah. You're like Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street where she turns her back on Freddy and just says, if I don't believe in you, you're not real. And I think fear, it's the wolf you feed, isn't it? If you dwell yeah. on it and go down spirals. And this is, I see this with clients constantly. People make their own hell, just go on their own spirals, the same patterns over and over and over again. And although I don't have an experience of entities, I can imagine that they would feed on and be drawn to that. Just as in real life, con artists, charlatans, criminals are drawn to people people who they feel are vulnerable, who they feel that they can exploit. I can't see it being any different in the spirit realm, really. Well, what I'm saying, maybe you have a similar position. Maybe I'm too bright. I'm too light. Uh, <laughs> they just, yeah, I mean, I wish they would. I do try and reach out to my ancestors a lot and people who have passed over. I'm very big oh. on that and feel that I have a group of allies on the other side and I have little tokens everywhere and I go on walks and try and talk to them. And But I guess they're, they're known entities, aren't they? They're more of sort of guides and angels rather than the unknown because when you think about your writing and that creativity you know where does that come from i mean i think that goes hand in hand because the other thing I've been on top of is the non-conscious. You know, the non-conscious is not really spoken about. And I think that's where science stops. Ooh. And, you know, I've talked to neuroscientists and things like that. And our minds have been hijacked for, I don't know, 100 years because of science not letting non-conscious play a part with philosophy or intuitiveness because that's a big part of human life have you ever thought about anything like that being a creative i mean it comes from somewhere doesn't it i believe creativity is a great deal of it is lateral thinking so the more stimulus you take in in this world the more places you go the more people you speak to opinions that are outside of your own the more books you read i read more than reading is the only thing i do in this life more than sleeping um the more stimulus you take in the more your brain at an unconscious level has got to play with and has got to put together and mix and match. And that's where I think innovation and invention and creativity come from. You need a brief, you need a, a goal, a parameter, but the amount of stimulus that you can put in your brain, which is why it's good news. I think it can get better as you get older. The more that you take in of the world, the more you've got to play with mentally. And most of this probably does happen on a subconscious level and then you or unconscious level. And then you've just got to learn to quiet the mind and do things that put you in flow. Going for walks. I sit in the jacuzzi for hours. That's where I get all my ideas and your subconscious will just bring you it like gifts and it's a wonderful experience actually that is quite a spiritual experience getting a good idea a good insight a new thing that you didn't know you thought or a perspective on a situation that you hadn't had previously but I think a lot of it comes from the stimulus that you put in your brain uh, oh 100% I mean have you ever looked into your penile gland into your what sorry your penile gland no well you know maybe maybe there's something there you know our penile gland is something that's not talked about. And I say this, people think I'm nuts. I've had quantum physics coming through and I have these rationales coming through. And, you know, your pineal gland is God's data center and our fluoride calcifies your pineal gland. So the more calcification you have on your pineal gland, the more it limits, limits your sensory because that's where all your sensory comes from. You know, maybe, I don't know what type of toothpaste you use or whatever. Maybe if you cut fluoride out, maybe if you cleanse your, your pineal gland, right. more sensory might open up to your creativity. Yes. You ever thought about that? I haven't. This is all new to me. I think I'm learning more than you here. <laughs> Well, I, I'm willing to do anything to have more ideas. Ideas is what keeps me going, really. I think being a creative person, there's nothing better than having new ideas. So I'm up for anything. So is it use less toothpaste or a different toothpaste? Less toothpaste with fluoride, anything with fluoride in oh. it. Stay away from. Oh, stay away from. Okay. 
Yeah, stay away from anything fluoride because it's very, very odd to me that the pineal gland is not spoken about and it's one of the most important parts right. of the human body. And I actually got some uh, Sanaga eye drops from the Amazon, from the Matias tribe in the Amazon to put in my eyes and it really, really burns, but it cleanses your pineal gland. And have you noticed a difference afterwards? Yeah, I feel like uh, uh, I feel like a prickly, like very nimble and I could turn on a dime that I have to... Ver- I could, that I have to manage very, you know, consciously because if you don't manage that feeling, when you talk about sensory, if someone's a very highly sensitive person, right, and Western society is telling us to go a certain direction. Yeah. And you're questioning your sensitivity. I think sometimes we may take those sensitivities the wrong direction. We may, you know, go to drinking, we may go to drugs or whatever, yeah. not realizing it's actually, you know, an attribute that you have that's positive. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Sensitivity has become like a bit of a loaded word, hasn't it? Are we all oversensitive, hypersensitive, but then this pressure to be more sensitive and compassionate, but then the way that we live in the world with these blooming phones and whatnot, then sensitivity perhaps is a, a vulnerability. Yeah, you lose that. Yeah. Especially because you know, you're talking about what you take in, you put out with your creativity. So think about the information you're digesting here. Yeah. You're a swipe left, swipe right community. You have no emotion tied to that. I have a thought process about that, right? So if, if you're a kid and you're you're growing up and your subconscious is being programmed right. and, and you putting most of your time here and it's swipe left or swipe right and you're keeping sensory right here but you can hear you can smell you can see you can taste you have all these sensories but if most of your time is being put right here that does not maximize your sensory you get into life your unconscious bias later in life shows up when these younger people have an experience it's the end of the world Mm -hmm. because they and use their sensory the right way while their subconscious is being programmed as they grow up. We don't know what the long-term effects are. It feels like they're not going to be very good. <laughs> and then we what? have AI, so people, you don't even have to think for yourself. I've tried to stay away from that and not use any of that. Tempting though it is, I mean, it almost seems too good to be true. It will write stuff for you. It will do everything for you. I, I, I don't want to go down that road. I will say there is one flaw in AI, and this is obviously the propaganda that is out there is everything's positive. Now, if something is grammatic, you know, if you use AI for for grammar or whatever that is, I mean, that I think that's whoever inputs that data, you know, based on how they write, that's what you're going to get. But if AI is something architecturally or mathematical, it probably works pretty good. But when you have AI that you use in companies for employees or for customers, the problem with that is the AI can only operate with the data it's given. Yeah. there hasn't been a pure source created in these corporations. When I say a pure source customer, uh, a pure source employee, because they use fractional pieces of business, mm-hmm. right? That process is going to be faster, but they're still going to get the same answer. Right. And I think a lot of these corporations are going to spend millions of dollars and they're going to get the same answer at the end of the day because they have the same data, mm-hmm. their input, because until they reset or rebirth their business the right way yes. and data that is a pure source, the AI is still going to be off. I've read as well that it can't do intuition. So as part of the creative process, part of that is being able to spot the good ideas. And you don't know why, but you just know that it resonates and it's going to mean something to someone. And even if it's not perfect, it's the germ of something that could be expanded and explored. 
and that AI can't do that. It can randomly come up with good ideas, but not necessarily have intuition about what is going to sell or what is going to resonate or what is going to be the start of something even bigger and better. The rate at which it's going, I don't know. I just stay away from it. I just, ooh, no, I'm old enough now. I can make those decisions. I don't need to adapt to all the things the world has to offer. I can just live in my own niche. Now, now where is your lineage and family from? They're all English. I think there was one French lady, but all English, Midlands, sort of Nottingham, Stafford, Doncaster, miners, most of my family. Very ordinary family. I'm like the only weird one. My mum said I was born weird, but it's, it's so strange. From the age of like three, I was into witches and ghosts and ghouls and supernatural. And my family are not like that at all. And there was no there was no stimulus there. Um, but I went out looking for it. I don't know. And I see that now with some younger children. Immediately, they're into sort of zombies and vampires. And I can see the mum and dad have introduced them to any of that. It's strange, isn't it? I was a child, even at that very young age, you have these interests that come out of the blue. Well, that is that's law of attraction. That's your non-conscious. That's your law of attraction as your kid that's what's in in you so i mean i you know i think these these bloodlines and these attributes come from somewhere so do you do you think do you know where the original lineage came from what part of the world did they migrate from anything like that well i can get back as far as about 1600 i did one of them free trials you know i nearly broke my back actually i was doing about 10 hours a day over hunched over this laptop and as far back as i got they were, it was Essex, which is sort of London way. So it was still England. And I was like, I can't believe this. I want something a bit more interesting. But no, it was just sort of miners and barriers and tradespeople. Very humdrum. Nothing interesting whatsoever. I might have to do one of them DNA kits. And I think they go further back, don't they? They'll tell you more of a global heritage, more than what your sort of family tree and records can do. Well, maybe that's a pure source if yeah. it's that, that focus. You know what I mean? If it's from one location, because... Of, I have another I have another ideology about that. Right. Because I think that a lot of creative people, right, when these people showed up, whoever they were, they didn't have these esoteric abilities, we'll say. When they showed up, and I think they were frightened, and I think a lot of, a lot of these people with these talents got banished to poor communities, mm. right? Got thrown out of town, whatever it is. Like you're talking about, you know, witch, you're attracted to the witches or whatever. Yes. And people think that's bad. And, you know, that can be taken any direction. You can you can name something, anything. But at the end of the day, it's still the same thing. So because well, now a great deal of hypocrisy, historically, um, magic existed both high and low. There was sort of ceremonial ritual, posh magic for rich people done by magicians and wizards in court. And that was all OK. But then there was a sort of demonization of ordinary people doing it and creating charms and spells and usually which is mainly healing what they were doing. So so it ha- it's gone on at all levels of society, but really the poor that have done it have been demonised and the rich that have done it, it's been seen as a wonderful parlour game and something to show off about and have their own wizard, their own magician, their own kind of power, actually, I suppose. Um, and it's gone on across every civilization through every epoch of history. It's like the same pattern playing out over and over again. And then you have to wonder, why do we keep coming back to this, this sort of thirst for something beyond what we can really tangibly see or feel? We, we, there's a, a continual fascination and hope that we can do more than what we can see and feel. When you write things, what is your 
pure source of writing? Like what comes to you? What type of topics do you like to talk about? Well, mainly it's tarot, to be honest. Tarot, astrology. I've been doing a little bit more numerology recently. Crystals has been another topic. Used to do quite a bit on witchcraft and stuff. I mean, the truth of it is, because I make a living doing this, it depends on what the appetites are and what commercially um, certain platforms can sell. And at the moment, I would tell you, the trend seems to be that it's more astrology tarot crystals they're kind of like the triumvirate um, of the esoteric and a lot of the more pagan or witchy stuff is deemed too complicated or too kind of outlier for people's tastes or appetites that tends to belong to the more fringe um, niche groups but tarot astrology crystals seem to have attracted the attention of the mainstream so i would say that probably mainly what i write about but tarot is my favorite so what is this what is this thing about the crystal tarots that you created that you have? So my friend and I, Bone Arrow, her name is Claire. She's a witch and a silversmith, so she makes beautiful jewellery. She's into crystals, I'm into tarot, and we talked over and over about how you could use tarot and crystals together um, and use them to almost charge each other with their powers. And then you can use them to manifest and to focus your power and intentions. Rather than just predicting your future, why not make them allies? So we created a tarot deck where every tarot card has a crystal aligned to it, as well as an intention and an affirmation so that you can use the cards to almost get what you want rather than tell you what you should have. And then the tarot spreads, we made them into quite ritualistic a little bit spelly, really, if I'm honest, um, into sort of manifestation rituals where you would pick a card that represented your intention, match it with a crystal, create a spread around it, put some thought into how you can achieve that goal and kind of take a picture of the spread or leave it out as a sort of a visual reminder of your intention over the coming weeks and days. So tarot moved a little bit beyond in that deck, just being a predictor, but also a tool to manifest. When you tie astrology, what that is, what is what's your thoughts on astrology? Because I have I have another rationale that came through, but I tell you, but I want to hear your your thoughts on astrology. I like astrology. Um, I like more. I'm more into the star signs, if I'm honest, and always have been since I had Linda Goodman's sun signs book, age twelve. Because I'm a Gemini, I love chatting, I love getting to know people, and star signs is a great kind of ice. Breaker. When we move into using it to predict events, global stuff, I'm less trained on that, but I do follow it and I'm interested in it. But I'm less of a, I don't draw up birth charts from scratch kind of thing. And you'll hate me for saying this, John, but as soon as things get too sciencey, my brain just goes off. I can't, I, science and maths, I have a complete block. I can't do them. And I've tried to return to them as an adult, but I can't. So I'm more into the. <laughs> the fluffy stuff. So I prefer the star signs to all of the, the houses and the birth charts and the global predictions. Astrology lives very nicely in tarot because a lot of the cards are linked to certain signs or certain planets. It's very useful, actually, because it helps you describe people in the tarot or set timelines to certain readings because you've got notes of sort of what star sign that pertains to and therefore what time of year. So I found astrology really useful as a, an undercarriage for tarot and i love the star signs that that that's what i think of astrology or well, did you ever think that science is uh, a one-lane highway especially when it comes to astrology because i've talked to you know avi Loeb, who's head of astronomy at harvard and, and so forth and one thing i did realize is that in a way these people they stay in their lane right and they don't go outside their lane and connect the dots right so when i can i, I started thinking about this and i, I thought about 
there's two thought processes. There's a, a discovery mindset, which is 98% of the world, and it takes longer to figure out an answer. And then there's a creation mindset. So if you can understand things from creation, you can get to an answer quicker, you know, because like when you think about, and I talk about this a lot, when you think about the periodic table, to me, the periodic table is the dumbest thing they've ever put in school because it's just a list of these. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and, and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. Elements, and it's not taking the elements and, and put them in a group and how they function together. How I look at science sometimes. So maybe your mind is wired the right way. And maybe because things are kind of stuck in a certain direction, maybe that's why you can't get there with that thought process. Yeah, it's, it's almost like it's almost like a disorder. I read continually and every now and again, I think I'll get a science book, something about chemistry, something basic, something that's pretended like, oh, what's that guy called? Oh, the one that's everywhere. The astronomer. Blumenek, it's gone. I've had some of his books anyway, and he's really down to earth and on the BBC all the time. The minute I start reading it, as soon as we start talking about atoms and protons and I'm lost, I, I cannot visualize it. I'm not interested in it. It means nothing to me. I can't grasp it. Can't grasp any of it at all. That world is a bit closed off to me, really. Well, I got I got to tell you, and I feel like I talk about this too much, but this this thing about creation of four, right? Because I, I figured out this way to eliminate unconscious bias using content on social media. It mirrors human behavior, and uh-huh. the only thing offsets social media is the business model, which is the algorithm of whatever platform it is. Yeah. That creates a balance based on the platform's agenda, right? So when I started writing this book, I came up with these, I started saying these words, you know, environment, foundation, sensitivities, tone, 
timing, emotions, landscape, or consciousness. Uh, and I was like, why, why do I keep saying that? So I kind of put these in order. But I started pushing the process, and I kept thinking to myself that creation was linear, right, by four. And then I started talking to all these different people around the world, and I, I knew this information about the universe being in four parts. And then I talked to this one guy who interpreted this book called The Theoba Prophecy, and I started talking about this. He said, that's ancient knowledge. I said, really? And he says, because in the Theoba prophecy, they say that God created the universe with four powers. So when you look at the four powers, four parts of the universe, now let's go to the planetary system being linear. There's four gas planets. There's four terrestrial planets. So I think the way that's been described, and I'll show you how it's tied to the human body, is the gas planets represent sensory of the human body, right? Then wow. the moving parts are the sun, the moon, and Pluto. So if you take the sun as the root chakra, right? right? We're going to align this with a body. The sun is the root chakra plus Mercury, Venus. Earth is your heart chakra. Right. Mars. So think about that. One, two, three, four. Yeah. But it's your heart chakra. Then Mars is your throat chakra. The moon is the third eye. And I don't know if Da Vinci and him really define that the right way uh, because the Vitruvian man and all that. But then Pluto is on the edge of the universe, which is connection to God and spirit, which is your crown chakra. Right. right now, let's go to the earth. The earth is in four parts, inner core, outer core, mantle, crust. Uh -huh. There are four directions. There's your, there's four gases. Yeah. Your, your body's made up of four humors. There's four blood types, right? Ooh. And in the Bible, the crosses, the cross is four in the yeah. number four. Bible is creation. And it goes on and on and on. So when you talk about non-conscious, it speaks to Book of Gates, which talks about there was four types of bloodlines put on earth. On earth. That's the Egyptian book. That's Nubian, Libyan, Asiatic, and uh, Egyptian, right? So that would explain the fact that you needed four non-conscious humans to go in four different directions. Because if you remove, if you remove emotions, right, you could predict where those four bloodlines would go. Have you ever heard anything about that about creation of four? No. <laughs> No, I've heard of angel numbers. People love numbers, don't they? No, I haven't. There's a lot of examples you've given there, though. Four yeah, your heart. To be, it's a your strong heart. number, though, isn't it? It's stable for, it's kind of, it's like a foundation. It's just enough. It's not too many. It's not a battle of moving parts. There's stability with four. And, I, and this is where I'm really going to get you, right? Talking about the pineal gland tied to the human body. When you look at the Egyptian symbol of the third eye, the slant, right? right. When you put that slant on a flat surface, that's a one-fourth slant, right? So the bone at a, where our pineal gland is going down is a one-fourth slant. So if you tie that back, when you talk about everything being on a grid and creation being tied to the human body, if God created everything with four powers tied to here where there's a bone in your head, which is your data center, right, where he gets his information, and you put that bone, that's a one-fourth slant that's in your head. And you can't deny that. What would you say about that? I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I think our species is just a product of evolution, another piece of chaos, an animal. I don't know that there's any grand design or esoteric blueprint. It's fascinating that we can have these questions and attribute meaning, but I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. I just think we're just... We're just an accident. The thing about that, your heart's four chambers, your brain is four parts, and on and on and on. I mean, I could go on and on and on about 
things linearly in force. I mean, you know, a good because a good lawyer told me I'm too old to believe in coincidences. Right. Okay. So why four then? What's your interpretation? I see it as a number of stability. It's manageable. It's flat. There's no outvoting each other in a four. The number four in the Bible's creation. I don't know. I don't know for this. When I started thinking about everything being linear and it was created linearly, four is just a number that kept reoccurring. Then I started matching things up and kept going on through the process and everything was four. This is four. This is four. This is because the book of Gates speaks of, like I said, the four, the four types of humans. Do you Um, like systems and structure and certainty? I'm pretty anal. If you say that, yeah, because when I, this is a motorbike. Oh, I had one. I lost it. I was relieved, actually. My sister had a nightmare with it. It's hard to get hold of that. I never take this off. Ooh. And it's a out stone. It's but probably I, ready to be cleansed and recharged with the positivity. Yeah, I mean, I, I cleanse them. I try to cleanse it every couple of weeks or, yeah. you know, every month. I'll go to the beach buried in the sand or lay it outside. Mm-hmm. But this will respond to me. A yes or no question. So maybe... Maybe, I don't know, you want to do some tarot's real quick? I can do. I've got my cards. If you want to ask me questions, I can draw a card, see what okay. I'm going to get. Am I, is, did God create things by four in a linear process? I don't know as I feel comfortable answering that question. with. As I said, I'm basic. I'm more humdrum. I don't think these cards are going to tell you whether God did that. I'd be more interested in why do you like to think that? <laughs> That's what intrigues me more, individual people than systems and theories and ideologies. I think they can be dangerous. Shall I ask Uh, regards that? What are you going to ask it? Why do you like the idea so much of this four theory? Okay. Why not like the idea of creation of four? Let's see what we get. Seven of cups. Ooh, ooh, there we are. Blimey, that looks like your brain. I bet that's what's going on in your mind right now. (laughs) The giant eye. Seven of cups is, is like... It's the world of theory, of imagination, of kind of living in your own head a little bit. Uh-huh. And sometimes I think it would be, I think writing will be a fantastic process for you because it will make you structure these thoughts and analyze them outside of your head, sort of almost as a consultant, as a as an external observer, rather than them whirling and whirling around. The Seven of Cups can warn against magical thinking and just living in your own head too much. But it says that your ideas are powerful. They just need to come out of your head. And usually getting things down on paper forces you to be super crystal clear and to understand at the simplest level what it is that you're saying and believing and what the unanswered questions are, what gaps you need to fill in order to make that idea into a story that other people can buy into. So maybe I, maybe I need to, the process is in line, but maybe I need to clean it up. You could write a series of essays about all these kind of theories that you have. And just if you could, if you could explain it simply to a basic person like myself, then it's there, isn't it? The idea is there. Oh, another one's just popped out. I don't know why. Oh, the Wheel of Fortune. What does that mean? The Wheel of Fortune is the symbol of change and transformation. So perhaps this, this spiritual journey that you're on, You shouldn't cling to any of the theories that you come across or the ideologies too tightly because the whole process is a process of you transforming and emerging into kind of a 2.0 version of yourself. And the wheel is still spinning. So there'll be things that you think that you then later 
discount or disagree with and there'll be new information coming in. But that process is a work in progress rather than a finished article, which kind of lives with that seven of cups because it's all worrying in your head, but it's yet to really bed down into something completely coherent and joined up that gives you that power of four, that stability that you can be like, right, this is what I believe in about the world and how we are and who human beings are and what our destiny is. It's all there, but it's a work in progress. So don't cling too tightly to anything because it's still spinning. Am I connected to source? The hanged man. What does that mean? It's a limbo card. It's a limbo card. And sometimes it can mean that the sacrifices you're making aren't giving back the rewards that you wished they were or hoped for or expected. And that it's time to abandon a current approach or paradigm or way of doing things in order to shift your perspective. And maybe this podcast is part of that. Like you talk to really eclectic different types of people and you're testing out your ideas and theories on them and getting responses and, and then learning from them and what they think. So again, but it can indicate a bit of a stuckness that you can get stuck on things. And that really just, it keeps you in that moment rather than keeping moving on and progressing, which this the wheel of fortune, that wheel is spinning. It's trying to push you all the time. You've just almost got to go more limp, go more with the flow and keep seeing things from others' perspectives as well. Maybe you're too connected to source. Maybe you're too hung up on being too connected to source. I don't know. You are you. You are um, you're an interpretation of source. If I want to ask it about reading things, being a clairsentient, what does that mean for me? Being a clairsentient. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we get. Death. Ooh. You keep getting all the major arcana. You're getting some good cards here, John, I tell you. You are a catalyst, a transformer. You don't just tune into things. You want to change them as well. So you're not just like a passive clairsentient. You're not just absorbing what's around you. You have almost a, a conscience, a duty, a thirst to improve and change and activate and progress the energies around you and make them better and make changes and push things forward. So and you're happy to kind of kill things off almost, not literally, but in order to do that, you accept that there are cycles of, of life and of moods and of relationships and of attachments to things. And you're not frightened to let go of stuff, but your role as a clairsentient is to transform, um, not just to passively observe or be a voyeur, but to be a catalyst and a transformer. Well, that's nice. All right. One more. One more. One more. That's it. That's it. One more. I have energy coming out of my right hand heavily and it responds to different people. Can I heal people naturally? You do what to people? Can I heal people? Right. Like heal people. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Heal, you know, you know, can I, if somebody has an issue, can I heal them with, with this energy that comes out of my hand? King of Cups. What is that? King of Cups is emotional intelligence, the pinnacle of it really. Um, and of, of healing through, healing through feelings and emotions rather than, so I don't think you could cure cancer or pneumonia or a broken arm, but cups represent feelings, emotions, and possibly the physical manifestations of things really triggered by emotions, migraine, you know, all those little niggly things you get when you're really stressed. I would say that 
is your the real crux of your healing power. Tuning in emotionally, understanding how they're feeling and how that is affecting their holistic self. So not just their feelings, but also their physicality, their mood, their life, their interactions with people. And I feel that you can almost smooth that out and align it and understand where the jangling or the blockages or the bottlenecks are and kind of almost smooth that out and make it flow again. Interesting. Well, what's your conclusion of all that? (laughs) The nice thing, you've got three major arcanas and the king of cups. You're in a very powerful phase of your life where you are seeking and questioning and learning to use your power. And it's a work in progress. And the only danger is that you get too wrapped up in your own head. You need to keep pouring it out and writing. I think these these essays, a whole series of essays, seven essays, aim for seven that get down the key ideas you've got at the moment, the things you keep returning to. And if you can explain them in their simplest form, then you've captured them. And meanwhile, that leaves your mind free to explore other perspectives and other things and keep taking in stimulus when you just keep it hold it all in in your mind it can get blocked up so i think seven essays powerful phase of your life keep questioning it's a work in progress don't get stuck on stuff and then try and make everything fit that theory be more loose be these ideologies they're just ideas that's all they are and you as an interpreter will come up with your own version and i love the healing i love the power that you i mean envious jealous of that and use it to smooth out people's emotional aura and mood within themselves so that they can heal within you might you might be the michael jordan of tarot cards no is that that's compliment isn't it i mean that's just a feeling i got because i think it's very poignant oh. it's not questionable thank you although i didn't like him that much in that last dance documentary <laughs> it come a bit of um in fact they all did to be honest i went off all of them but he's done very yeah. well for himself <laughs> i'd like to have his money blimey <laughs> yeah. maybe you could maybe you could help me write these essays do you ever do anything like that? any freelance writing no no john that this needs to come straight from your head to your hand to the piece of paper i will very okay happily be like the basic person that reads them and tells you whether they make sense or not <laughs> but i might be a bit i might be a bit too basic i don't know but if you if you can explain something to me the science illiterate then you've cracked it so i'm very happy to proofread and i'm wondering if that's like one on environment one on foundation one on sensitivities one on tone one on timing yeah, how many words did you have was it seven i only said seven, seven. Because of that seven of cups earlier, because that was the only number card in there. So it yeah, felt was... like, you know, these these beams coming from the eye, that's like what you've got to do. It's got to come out your brain onto paper and that will help you process. Interesting. So I know you have a couple books and so forth and, and stuff out there you're promoting for yourself. You want to tell us a little bit about that and where we can get more of your, your stuff? Because I oh. think you're very, very 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 good about what you do oh thank you that's very kind i have displayed them behind me shamelessly um the first one i did was the good karma tarot that's the deck for beginners um it's very inclusive very bright very day glow very simple and the book that goes with it by the time you've read it you will be able to do tarot for yourself no problem then we have the crystal magic down at the bottom the one that i talked about earlier this is a very beautiful deck and it's a bit more spell like a bit more magic Then we've got my first book, which has just come out, Power, Purpose, Practice. This is like a tarot reading in a book. And using your birthday, it will tell you what your powers are. Um, Using numerology, it will tell you what your life purpose is and your destiny. And then it gives you a series.
series of practical everyday practices to do to amplify and activate your power. It's a very good book for New Year to kind of turn a new leaf and get in tune with who you are and what you should be doing. I've got Card of the Day Tarot coming out, which is a tarot guidebook that means that you only ever need to draw one card. So I've rewritten all the card meanings to answer basically any blooming question you can throw at them, apart from the questions you throw, John, because they are <laughs> they're not every day. It's very nicely illustrated as well. And there's lots of rituals. Then I've got another deck coming out that brings tarot, astrology and numerology together. Then next August, I've got a cardless tarot book that when I was little, I used to like fighting fantasy, those choose your own adventure books. So I've written a kind of choose your own tarot reading book, which is a bit of a novelty. We'll see how it goes. And then at the moment, I'm just planning what I'm going to write in 2025. There's a few ideas knocking around and you can buy all of it on Amazon, but it's, they're, they're all in different bookshops as well. Barnes and Noble and Target and all oh, they're here, there and everywhere. But if you Google me on Amazon, Kerry Ward, you'll see all the books and what's coming out. I don't know anybody that can put all those pieces together. You know, for you to be able to create sources, you're putting sources, you're putting a tarot source, a crystal source, and for all these things to make sense together, that's almost scientific in itself. It's actual thinking. That's what I think. Joining the dots um, in a simple way. People will only buy simple things, even if it's not simple. The concept has to be simple so everyone can get it quick. Because particularly now, we live in a super fast world. I have learned that. You've, you've got to distill things down to an essence and just be super simple. And you can make it complicated later. And people will make it complicated in their own head. But start simple. Interesting. That's what makes you the Michael Jordan of tarot cards. I might nick that. Well, that's better than Tarot Queen. Well, Tarot Slut was actually my first name. I had to, Cosmo wouldn't have that. So my email is still my Tarot Slut. It's embarrassing. But I don't know how to change it. I thought I was being edgy and provocative, but it was just wrong. We all make mistakes. Interesting. Was well, there any goals, any goals in the next year for uh, Carrie Ward? Keep writing books. They're like my silent army. They are my passive income. They all will keep me into my old age with all my cats. <laughs> decrepit and blind and can't write anymore. So I'm just, I want to churn out three books every year or decks um, and be as productive as I can while I have this creative energy in me and I've got all these ideas. It's what it's what keeps me going. Having a new idea and bringing it to life I kind of feel like I've found the alchemy I've found the way to do it and I just want to keep on doing it it's addictive awesome awesome well I appreciate you coming on the show and I think everybody can learn something from this conversation I thought it was a pretty in-depth conversation and it went by pretty quick I know I can't believe it that has flown I've really enjoyed it and thank you so much for inviting me it has been illuminating nice appreciate you coming on the show this has been Kerry Ward the Michael Jordan of tarot card readings and I'm John Ed <laughs> Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.